Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. In a minute, cause we live. Hello. Claire, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I am good. I my birthday is tomorrow. I Nice. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. And I purchased my own birthday gift, but that's how I roll. Well, sometimes that's what you got to well, do. You got to well, take well, matters into your own hands. Well, Kate, uh, producer Katie was going to buy me some Michael Air Jordans, and that's fine. That was a great. Yeah. I love that present. That would have been awesome. But yeah. I, but there was this broadcast headset that she had no idea that I wanted. I don't tell people things. I don't share <laughs> things. Keep everything very close to the chest. Right. But I did. So I decided to get that instead. And she was like, well, let's get you a fun present. I said, this is fun. I love podcasting. This is my, this is my idea. Fun, All right? All right. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug. She's Claire, sitting in for David, who is away this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm not sure how many days. This is kind of if you're just tuning in for your first season of Locked On Hornets. This is kind of the time of the year where. We step back as the news uh, dwindles a little bit, and we uh, sort of go on when news hits. We'll be on once or twice a week, I think, for the next couple of weeks until September when things really start to kick into high gear as we prepare for training camp. Uh, But stick with us. Subscribe on iTunes, and those episodes will automatically uh, pop up when we go on the air. And you can follow us on Twitter for continued coverage of not only the Charlotte Hornets, but the NBA. Okay, a couple of things to talk about today, though. The Hornets are wrapping up summer league. Plus, we got some news about, we got some, I think, some questions answered about how exactly MCW found his way to the Charlotte Hornets via free agency. So we'll get to that in a moment. But let's start in Orlando, where the Hornets are wrapping up summer league. Claire, they lost a close one to the Detroit Pistons, eighty-seven to eighty-two. Johnny O'Brien was the star on Wednesday. Trevion Graham and Gabe York sitting out with an injury. Several of the Hornets' Summer League bench players had moved on to other Summer League teams, and uh, Rashid Suleiman went overseas to play. So plenty of minutes and touches for O'Brien, who took advantage. 26 points on 10 of 18, shooting 2 of 6 from beyond the arc. What did you like out of Johnny O'Brien in this one? Well, um, to be honest with you, I was a little surprised to see him shoot so many threes. Um, I mean, he was two of six, so that's a, I mean, that's a respectable average, especially for someone of his size. So, um, you know, I love that he was filling in for Graham, basically taking that, you know, that energy player spot and, and kind of running with it. So, I mean, that's always great to see, you know, you, you have guys go down and you see other guys step up. I mean, you know, you can't always help the injuries, but you can't help how you react to them. So um, that was really, that was really excellent to see Johnny O'Brien step up and kind of fill that role. Yeah. And Trevion Graham has really been the MVP for the Hornets summer league team. And Johnny O'Brien Absolutely. said, 
basically said after the game, you know, with Trevion down, he knew he would get a few extra touches and he wanted to take advantage, and he certainly did that. I love the energy as well and the athleticism he put on display. He was six of six from the field before Detroit got their jerseys on Claire. I mean, he was after it. Uh, Right. Yeah, he had a jump stop to a rondo fake for a bucket. I mean, you don't expect that out of a guy his size. A step back jumper and then a hop step into the lane for a bunny all in a row. Uh, It was very fun to watch. If he puts that kind of performance together when his number's called, because, you know, it – he he may very well make this team, and you've got Dwight Howard and Cody Zeller. Dwight Howard played plenty of games last season. Cody has been known uh, to miss a few each season, so Johnny O'Brien certainly could have his number called. He could make some things happen for the Hornets, like we saw in Denver last season. You're right. I think that you know you you're you're absolutely right about the mobility that he showed. Um, that was something that was a little unexpected. I mean, I, I remember watching him last year um, for the you know few games that he played with the Hornets, and I was impressed by what he was able to do. Unfortunately, he went down. Um, but you know he um, he did have a great um, yeah he had a great game yesterday, and I think that it really you know if I if I'm Steve Clifford and his staff, I'm looking at that and I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, where does he fit on this team? Because I think that he could um, be a valuable player. All right, so the Hornets finished Summer League 2 and 2 and will play the, oh, who do they play? They're going to play in one of the consolation games this uh, this morning at 10 o'clock yeah, 10 a.m. <laughs> so you, you may be listening to this after this game is already underway. This is the take-a-long lunch break, early lunch break uh, ball for the Charlotte Hornets. And mm-hmm. I'll pull that game up in a second to tell you who exactly they'll play. doesn't really matter. Summer League champion. Yeah. If you're not playing for the Summer League championship, and maybe that doesn't even matter. Um, but uh, yeah. so we got one more. <laughs> I never more. put too much stock into the wins and loses. You know, wins and loses. Right. Like, right. Wins and losses is not a big deal in Summer League. We yeah. have one more game, but I think we can mention a few things we've learned so far from mm-hmm. Summer League. Kick us off, Claire. What have you, what have you learned from Summer League? Um, well, I think the biggest thing for me was the surprise was a couple surprises. Um, first with Trayvon Graham, you know, I've mentioned before this earlier this week about um, how much he looks like he's physically tried to improve, you know, getting stronger and whatnot, but also how much he's improved as far as aggressiveness and whatnot. So um, whatever message Steven Silas is sending to him about, Hey, like if you want to make this team, this is what you got to do. He's picking up what Steven Silas is putting down. So that's always really good to see. Um, Second surprise, excuse me, has been uh, Dwayne Bacon. Um, And so Mm, um, bacon. bacon, Yep. (laughs) Um, I really hope he makes the team. If anything, just for, um, you know, the, the various nicknames that he's going to get from Eric Collins. The bacon I mean, emoji this, trending in Charlotte next season. Oh my season. God. That would be great. That would be great. But, uh, but yeah, so I think bacon is doing way better than expected as well. I mean, you know, for a second rounder, you know, you're allowed to, you know, kind of take some risks with, you know, players in the second round uh, whenever you're drafting. And, and I think that this was a very good risk that uh, Rich showed uh, in, in staff at all took. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's shown, some, you know, he, he's taken some good shots. He's he's shown some good spacing um, for a rookie as well. That was something that I was kind of surprised about. Um, you know, sometimes, especially in summer league ball, things get a little chaotic. Players kind of can bunch up a little bit. But I thought that he showed some really good spacing. Um, and then I also thought he was relatively patient as well. Now, um, his defense does need some work, <clears throat> but that's, you know, that's to be expected, I think, um, especially, you know, we, and we discussed this either Monday or yesterday, I forget which one, but, um, 
but you know how he he does need to work on his defense. Um, same with Trayvon Graham. You know Trayvon Graham is not the tall, lanky guy, so he's got to be better against the smaller, quick guards. Um, I think the same thing with Dwayne Bacon. But that's sort of something that will come in time. You know, this is what the summer league is for: is for these rookies to kind of start to see what the NBA speed and size is going to be like. Um, obviously, it's not exactly the same, but this is a good, um, I guess taste what you're going to get in the future. So um, other than that, you know, I think that overall, I mean, like I said, I don't really put a whole lot of stock into wins and losses in the summer league. I mean, you know, if you're, if you win the championship, great. If you don't, you know, as long as you have players who played well, and I know that at least one of our losses, excuse me, was on, I think it was, was it against Detroit was on that last second basket? Uh, well, they lost to Detroit uh, yesterday, eighty-seven to eighty-two. Or that maybe there was, but didn't we lose to someone on like a last? Anyways, um, but Detroit. That, you, you know, tell they how much I pay attention rallied. to final scores in summer league. I'm looking at players. <laughs> I'm looking at performances. They do play. Exactly. They play the Orlando Magic uh, at ten o'clock in the morning. That's an interesting. If you do get a chance to watch it, it could be interesting only because. Uh, Shemek Karnowski, who uh, worked out for the Hornets this summer and then played for their summer league team early on, was essentially traded to the Orlando Magic summer league team. Not even sure right. how that works, uh, but he's now playing for the Orlando Magic summer league team. So we could see a Karnowski revenge game. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, one thing, one the, we learned a couple of things from Rich Cho during his halftime interview. I don't know if you caught this yesterday. But he mentioned the remaining needs that the team is looking at uh, possibly this summer. One was a third point guard and one was a sixth big. Uh, That sounds Mm -hmm. great for Johnny O'Brien, who figures to be the fifth big, and not so great for Briante Weber, who is vying for that third uh, point guard position. Daniel Tap Tap Taparu sent us an email asking if we liked Leandro Barbosa for that third point guard position. And if we have any other names, Claire, who would you like to see at the third point guard position for the Charlotte Hornets? This is deep. So, These are deep cuts. I know, exactly. Well, I mean, so first off, I think that for whomever we're going to get for that third third point guard position, either it's going to be a trade for another team's third point guard, basically, and it's just going to involve a couple draft picks um, because we don't, rally, we don't really have a whole lot to offer and you're going to fill that third point guard slot. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you really want to give up a whole lot for that. So, I mean, I think what we're probably going to be looking at is looking at some point guards that are currently on the market. Um, and yeah, I was a little surprised by Rich Cho's comments because of Brianta Weber. And I know that we've talked about him and, you know, he's still making some mental errors that I don't think he should make. Um, but I was still surprised that Rich Rich Cho kind of came out and was just like, yeah, no, dropping we're blues for someone clues. Else. I uh, know exactly. So um, I was looking at a few um, who are available. I've uh, seen you know names like Ian Clark, mm. um, who you I know, like that. yeah. Um, so he uh, he was with Golden State Warriors. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know he's he was basically their third point card. Um, you know, of course, behind Steph Curry and Sean Livingston, which is not a okay. Bad. Play for Golden State, so. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, he's, he's available. We'll see. I mean, we don't have a whole lot to spend on this either without going and you don't want to go into the, uh, the luxury tax bracket. Probably not for, for a third, third point, point guard. guard. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. That's so, like, um, that's like overdrawing your checking account for 
a, a <laughs> like a five dollar like DVD at Walmart. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Right. right just exactly. hold off a week <laughs> just, and yeah, pick just up, chill, man. you know, the other guys. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also <laughs> other names. Yeah, we're going get to this metaphor. We're yeah, we're, I got it, I got it. Um, but uh, there's also like DeAndre Liggins, Isaiah Kanan. Isaiah Kanan played with the Bulls last year, and he was um, waived at the same time that Rajon Rondo was waived. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in a player like him, but at the same time, you know, he didn't really have a whole lot of playing experience last year. Um, of course, you know, now they really did Ian Clark, but, um, you know, if you're looking for someone that is going to be that third point guard spot, I think that you really need to look for someone who, um, like I said, is going to come in and basically expect to be that third point guard and will be able to be paid like it's going to be that third point guard. I've got a name. Okay. It, it is not any of your names. It is a different uh, name. Are you ready? Yes. Bino Udre. Right now, free agent. Okay. Yes, I was looking at him as well, and I was considering him. My only, my only question is, will he be? You know, will will, will we be able to afford him? I think because so. I'm, okay, you think he might take like league minimum? I think minimum? which would which would be about two million dollars for him because mm-hmm. he's been in the league forever. Right. And but you know, if you don't resign Briante, that frees up one and a half million. But let me tell you about Bino, mm-hmm. Bino, Bino, Bino. Bino? Well, we'll figure that out if he joins the Hornets. He was a late addition to the Pistons last offseason after the Heat waived him in late October. Mm -hmm. According to PistonsPower.com, Udre shot 45.9% from the floor, 36.4% from three over the season's first 21 games, and then uh, averaging seven points and 3.4 assists in 17.5 minutes per appearance. Kind of tailed off from there as it got a little bit more competitive, and he he dealt with an injury. Uh, but I think they'll be able to afford him for the same reasons that Detroit decided not to bring him back. The fact that he is mm-hmm. getting up there in age, and he does have injury issues. But neither of those things would probably be a concern as as a third point guard. I mean, this is a guy that's not going to see much playing time. So if they can't afford him, I think it would be a, a, a good look. He was added to the Pistons roster in late October, as I said, which brings mm-hmm. up this point, a kind of a point that you started off with as well, that the Hornets may, in fact, wait to address both of these needs and try to get a bargain on the waiver wires later on. And at that point, it's anybody's guess as to who would be available as team rosters shift and move. Uh, I think Rich Cho's comments today also may indicate that they you know, won't look to make any kind of substantial plays for any of the Boston Celtics that may or may not be on the market either. Yeah, I mean, to to make a play for a Boston Celtics, I think doesn't really make sense right now unless you're going to do like a a more significant trade. Um, like if you're going to trade, you know, MKG for for someone on his on that squad that you know is equal or or better than him, um, it doesn't make sense to go into those those trading waters for the third point guard slot because again, you know, they're going to expect you to take on some, or they're going to expect the Hornets to take on, I guess, yeah. Um, some extra salary money or cap money or something like that. And that's just not something we really want to do for the third point guard slot. Um, but I mean, yeah, I like Ben Udre a lot. I remember when he played, I think for the Suns, somewhere out West, um, 
but he, uh, I mean, I like his style of play. I, I would love to have him. Uh, I was looking at him as well. He's, I see that he's 35. I just looked it up. Um, 35 years old. Yeah, um, play for SAC. Play for SAC for a few years. Sacramento. Uh, maybe that was it. Yep, maybe that was it. Um, somewhere I was. <laughs> um, but he, uh, yeah, I think that, I think he could be a, a, a great addition um, if, if we can get him for the right price. That's, that's my main concern with Ben Audrey. Okay, let's move on from the third point guard position to the second point guard position. Let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about a guy they were able to acquire, and that's Michael Carter-Williams. So a few episodes ago, we asked this question about the Hornets' decision to acquire MCW. Why so soon? The Hornets had an agreement with the former Rookie of the Year on day one of free agency for the paltry price of $2.7 million. Well, We may have an answer. Rick Bennell has a new article out in the Charlotte Observer titled How All-Star Kimball Walker Sold the Charlotte Hornets on Guard Michael Carter-Williams. There is a link to the full article in the show notes. I suggest uh, going and reading it. Interesting stuff. Going to talk about a few points from the article, though. Uh, Kimba spoke after an appearance at the Hornets' summer basketball camp at Charlotte Latin and wasn't bashful about his role in signing MCW, saying, quote, I'm the one who got the deal done. I'm the one who called Jeff, uh, meaning Jeff Schwartz, uh, the shared agent of MCW and Kimba Walker. He goes on, I'm the one who talked to MCW. I spoke to everybody, MJ, Rich, meaning Rich Cho, the general manager. Claire, there are questions about MCW's declining production, but Kimba doesn't seem worried. What do you think about this? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know what? I like I like the uh, the swagger that he has about this. And that this is I the kind it. of deals that he, I know exactly. He's like, this is all me. And if this is the kind of deals that he's gonna, you know, start producing, then you know what? Maybe we should give him a uh, a spot in the in the uh, front office. So um, the tiny desk I mean, next to Rich. Rich. <laughs> exactly. I wonder. You. You. I'm sure Kemba called MCW and Jeff Schwartz at 12:01 on July 1st. Don't you think? Certainly, I mean, he would not have. Certainly would not have tampered. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he did everything by the book. But I mean, yeah. he was fine pretty quickly, though. Because, no. I mean, there were. I remember when MCW was. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the dog's getting a little grumpy. Um, but I remember when MCW was first. He's upset about NBA tampering. I know. I know she, yeah, she, she has very, very lofty concerns about that. Um, but, you know, I remember when MCW was first on the market and you know there are rumors about who he was going to be potentially talking to um and you know it's one of those things where you know i i he, there was rumors about sacramento i think and a bunch of other teams so it's like and i was looking at the list of teams i'm like oh man we might have to get into a bidding war for this guy but i'm really glad that we didn't um and so you know i, I love that Kemba took the initiative to call the front office and it shows the respect that he's earned within the organization and also within the league where if like MCW is going to take his call and be like, yeah, okay, I get it. And then, you know, just basically go straight from there. I mean, either Kemba's a hell of a salesman or he has a lot of respect in the league that I think that, you know, I mean, obviously we, we saw the respect that he has when he won that sportsmanship award, um, but putting it to good use. Exactly, exactly. Listen, yeah, Kimball Walker is your best player. He's your franchise player. He's your all-star. And he's the sixth highest paid player on the team. Next under Kimba's $12 million a year is Jeremy Lamb. So I imagine, Mm -hmm. Claire, if Kimball walks into your office and says, hey, guys, I want Michael Carter-Williams to back me up at my position, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, with those circumstances, 
it's going to be very, very difficult for the front office to look at him and say, nah, we're going to, we're going to do our own thing. Like that, or, and, or at least you know, not he, entertain it. Yeah. Well, exactly. I know. I think, look, if you're, be, I think he, your best player is your sixth highest paid person on the team. You got to give him something. Right. So, exactly. so, and, I, and the question is now we find out how, how good of a, a talent eye is Kimba Walker? Cause certainly Kimba knows the season that MCW had last year, but he's looking past it. And he's taught, he talked a lot about, uh, the the culture of the team, and he believes that the the people around him, the Marvins and the MKGs, and you know the, the previous show we talked about trading MKG, and you can see why that would the domino effect of that, how it would break down the the sort of the culture that they've built and the leadership that they have on this team, uh, why that would be why that would be uh, such an effect because you can see guys like Kemba mentioning it when recruiting other players. The important thing here long-term for the team is that Kemba is happy and excited about the future because we just saw what happened with Gordon Hayward, Claire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, especially one of the things that stood out to me was that Kemba said that he basically sold the culture of the uh, of the locker room. So he, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if that was like a little bit of, you know, I don't know if he shaded the Bulls a little bit with saying that because I mean, we know the issues that the Bulls had last year. But like, um, but I mean, he said that, you know, the culture was something that, that MCW basically needed right now. And I was just like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Then, uh, we talked to Sean Hyken who covers the bulls uh, for the locked on bulls podcast. And he seemed to think that Michael Carter Williams had every opportunity and didn't, didn't feel like those issues necessarily had an impact, but maybe there's, maybe there's something, maybe there's something underneath the surface there. You know, I'm probably reading too much into that quote, but at the same time, like, you know, I think that it's, I mean, with the way the Bulls are basically clearing house right now and, you know, getting rid of everyone. Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't be super surprised either. Um, but I, he also said that he feels like he needs to prove himself. So, you know, clearly whatever conversations he had with him, you know, the conversation, the topic came up like, Hey dude, you didn't have a great year last year. Um, and so, you know, that was his response. And if that's the case, then, you know, I, I, I look forward to what he's going to be able to do. My whole thing is that, like, with the background, the better said, the, uh, the second, the second string point guard at two point seven a year, you're allowed to take some risks. I mean, like two point seven a year, even if it's just one year, is a really good deal for the Hornets. Um, and so, you know, if he if he starts to kind of flounder a little bit, like he did last year. Then, you know, you can start to decide, all right, do we make these moves? Do we kind of cut, like, you know, where do we go from here? Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that he, if he feels like he needs to prove himself and and if Kemba thinks that, you know, he needs the culture that's in, in the locker room, which obviously, you know, it seems to be a really great one. You know, everyone seems to um, have positive things to say about Steve Clifford and, and the Hornets locker room. Um yeah, so, and know, part we'll of that, see. and part of that culture is continuing to get better and continuing to win. And I think when you look across the landscape of the Hornets' offseason so far, it, mm-hmm. th- that shines through. The addition yeah. of Dwight Howard via trade, the the addition of Malik Monk, who uh, Kemba Walker likes as well. You're keeping mm-hmm. your star happy. You're moving mm-hmm. in a winning direction because listen, Kemba went through some really, really, really difficult years. 
uh, in, yeah. in those first two or three years with the Bobcats. So he's seen he's seen the bottom of the well, and he does not want to go back there. And and I think it's it's a good thing for the Hornets organization in general that they keep this thing moving in a in a positive. Uh, winning direction. Absolutely. And you know what, for, you know, for him to have Steve Clifford backing, you know, him up and, you know, I think that Steve Clifford is going to have a pretty, um, you know, it's going to have a, he's going to have a big role, obviously. I mean, in, in the development of Michael Carter Williams and helping him get better. But I think that's also going to be aided by Kemba Walker. Cause he's going to say, look, man, I suck my neck out for you. I need you to do these things for us. All right, that'll do it for us here on this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, if you don't mind, give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back next week for Claire. Thank you. By the way, thank you, Claire, for stepping in for David. It's been a fun week. Always appreciate it. I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17